What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Happy Wednesday. I'm your host, Will Brinson. I'm very tired. That's okay. It's fine to be tired. I, I did a seven-hour telethon. No, yeah, seven-hour telethon on Monday. You can actually still watch that. You can still donate to St. Jude's. If you get good fantasy advice from me or from Dave Richard or Jamie Eisenberg or Heath Cummings, um, you can still donate. You can text CBS to 626262, and by doing that, you get a link, and then you can donate. Uh, if you want to match my $50 donation, he said, humble brag, feel free to do that. You can follow me on Twitter, at Will Brinson. You can subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It's greatly appreciated if you do that. Um, haven't seen, if you, you know, not like I live and die on these reviews. I mean, I mostly do. That's fine. Um, but, uh, you know, I always appreciate the reviews. The kind words you guys leave are always nice. Let's, uh, let's get to the show. We've got Sean Wagner waiting in the wings. Big show with Sean. Of course, Sean was the uh, first choice for the guest today, right, Sean? I'm sure that you had no doubt. Um, had nothing to do with the fact that you were working and I traveled for six hours. And I was like, Sean, please, God, podcast with me. Um, I'm, I'm begging you. And this was definitely my first choice of how I wanted to spend my <laughs> Tuesday night after a long day of work. Um, in actuality, well, it did work I, I, well. I was gonna say, let me, let me, let me give a quick rundown of how we're gonna get to it. Cause you're going to explain your side of the story, why you didn't show up in Fort Lauderdale to counteract the, the bashing you took on Tuesday morning show, which was recorded late on Monday night. Uh, then Sean and I are going to talk about the Khalil Mack trade. Sean is a Bears fan. It's important. I want to get the Bears perspective there. So we're gonna do a little follow up on the Khalil Mack trade. Then we're gonna give you some week one Guys were excited to start in fantasy, which is sort of like a DFS. Well, I'll look up the values on these guys for DFS and give them to you too. Uh, but we'll, we'll give you a list uh, of guys that we think can do well. Guys were excited to start. And then we'll go over our season predictions, which are dropping on Wednesday morning. If they haven't dropped already, have they, Sean? Sorry, say that again. They haven't dropped already, have they? No, I don't think so. Okay, cool. Well, I was trying to promo them. Um, Anyway, uh, are you wearing a Wizard of Oz shirt? It says the Wizard of Ozil. It's a soccer player, Mesut Ozil. Ah, nice. It's like Oz, is like that, Ozil. And while, while I'm on the pod, I guess I can plug my story that I wrote last week on Mesut Ozil that you can find on CBSSports.com in the soccer section. Um, 10% of my followers probably like soccer, so I kind of tweet it out and it kind of gets lost in the void. Um, but if you're a soccer fan, an Arsenal fan, and you want to read a 50-minute story on Mesut Ozil, Head on over. <laughs> um, I maybe more people will like that than me talking about beer. By the way, I'm drinking two beers on this podcast. That's how tired I am. Um, I, I'm finishing up the first one that I was having downstairs. I got to give credit to Marty Caswell and Darren Smith of the Mighty 1090 in San Diego. They sent me some beer for doing radio with them a bunch. Uh, Marty mailed it. it. This is actually poorly planned by Marty. She jammed uh, a six pack of Happy Birthday from Alpine Beer. And a six pack of grape, grapefruit sculpin from Ballast Point into a standard USPS package. Do you know what happens when you put bottles and cans in a standard USPS package and throw it in the mailbox, Sean? I'm sure it doesn't work out well. It works out poorly. So this giant box shows up at my house. I'm like, what the hell is this? I open it up. It stinks to high heaven. It smells just awful. I open it up and it's like, there's a trash bag in there. I'm like, what is this? And there's a label in there that says like, repackaging center Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm like, what the hell happened? I started to open it up and there's a note in there. It's like, sorry, we messed up your mail. 
Uh, we apologize for any inconvenience. Sincerely, the post office. And inside the trash bag is like a, like a beer can that has been punctured and is sprayed everywhere. It smells like hot beer. It's a grapefruit sculpt and it's sprayed everywhere. And, uh, and then there's like a missing bottle. Like one of the bottles went missing. I assume it broke. And this like mangled wet package. It was a whole mess. Uh, but now I've got that beer. Anyway, uh, before we get too far into this without mentioning anything about football, uh, you have one quick retort to the conversation about you not showing up for the telethon. I do. And I, and I, and I think my problem with the way in which you guys discussed it wasn't so much the details. It was more about the frame as if Sean did not want to be here. Sean refused to go here. And, you know, I'll tell you what I told our boss, Kevin, when I was asked to go, I was, you know what? I have no actual reason to say no. Like I don't have family coming. I don't, you know, I don't have any, a dog to take care of. You know what I mean? I have nothing like that. It was more just, I don't like the process of traveling. Sure. And the idea of having to fly six hours across the country, I'm based in the Bay Area, um, probably going to be a really early flight or a red eye and go there for, you know, 18 hours, however long it's going to be, and then fly back. And so what I told him was, look, we've got people who are on the East Coast already, who are in Nashville, who are closer by. I would appreciate it if you asked them. And I, and I said, if they can't go, I'll be there. Like, if you guys need me, I'll do it. Like, it's just an inconvenience, but like, I'll do it. You know what I mean? So the funny thing is, is it actually ended up working out really well because my sister who was in Seattle actually ended up coming down here yesterday for the day and kind of surprised me. And I would not have been here, um, if it had been for that. So it actually worked out pretty well. All right. Moving right along. Um, it's fine. Nobody blames you too much. Uh, you've got lots of stuff going on. You're in your mid-twenties with nothing to do except play guitar and drink whiskey in a soccer breaking tea t-shirt or whatever you're wearing. Uh, but I, again, I'm, I'm joking. You're podcasting with me, so I give you full credit. Uh, at least you didn't make up a bad excuse like your dog or your family. So anyway, let's dive into the Cleo Mac trade, which we have not talked to you about. Um, I mean, look, I, here's the thing. I think it's a good deal for the Bears. But they did give up two first round picks. What, uh, uh, what percentage are you thrilled and what percentage are you worried about this Khalil Mack swap with the Raiders? I'm not at all worried. And I so think like a hundred percent cool with it. A hundred percent cool with it. Like, I mean, I tweeted like two weeks or whenever it was that report came out that was the asking price would be two first round picks. I think I tweeted right away, like the Bears need to make this right now. And like, I think that like we've kind of overvalued draft picks and I think it's kind of coming back now where like, I remember when the Bears traded up to draft Trubisky, um, I was a big opponent to that. Um, I think you were, too, talking yeah. about not that we disliked Trubisky. It was just that the process of trading up one spot and giving up what they did, it just wasn't smart. Um, I just kind of think now how I've changed in the last year, maybe it's also looking at the Browns' lack of success after trading down so many times, is that I would rather have a proven commodity um which what you were saying on Twitter, it's like, this is the point of a first round pick. You want to get a Khalil Mack. And yeah. it's not like the Bears can't afford to pay a Khalil Mack. They have Trubisky on their rookie deal. You have Jordan Howard making no money at all. You have Tariq Cohen not making any money. You know what I mean? So there's Roquan Smith not making any money. So you have this formula in place. And I think what the new model of the NFL to win is, you get a rookie quarterback. And you can't wait to find out if that quarterback is good and then build around the quarterback. You have to just hope he's going to good and, and be, and build around him. Cause the second you have to pay him $25 million a year, like the Raiders did with Derek Carr, it's too late and you can't suddenly give him that supporting structure that he needs. So I think 
look, if Trubisky is bad, the trade will be bad. But if Trubisky is bad, the Bears are screwed anyway. So I might as well go all in. And if he is good, they're set up to maybe, you know, go on a little run here. Isn't that weird that the, that they could potentially revolve around Trubisky? Like it's crazy yeah, it's, that a, it's, like a Khalil Mack trade might relate, might relate to how Mitchell Trubisky looks. Like that makes it, no sense, but it kind of does. Right. Because the whole idea is the only reason the Bears are doing this is because they're hoping they have a top 10 quarterback who's not getting paid top 10 money. That's the hope. Um, and if he's not a top 10 quarterback, then top, they're, top they're 15, screwed. top 15. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I mean, they're screwed either way is the point. Like Ryan Pace has tied his future to trading up to grab Trubisky. So doesn't it make, like if Trubisky's bad, Ryan Pace is probably done as the Bears general manager. And so doesn't it make sense then to go all in on that? Because if Trubisky sucks anyways, he's not going to be around to spend those draft picks. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's, a, that's, that's a, it, that is a bad way to, I mean, I get it. I agree with you. Like I agree with you. Like I think the Buccaneers, not like the, or maybe the Buccaneers are a bad example, but like if you're a team, if you're about to get fired, yeah, yeah. Like if you're worried you could get fired if something happens, yes, you should be trading it. It's stupid that that would be like, that's a stupid way to approach your job. But if you can potentially help save your job by doing it, I understand the ra- rationale behind it. Does that make sense? Like it's not yeah, a yeah. smart way to approach it in a vacuum, but I understand why NFL teams are constantly doing well, this. Well, I don't, I don't think it's a smart way for a team to approach it, but I think as a general manager, realistically, how long is your window to win? Like what, four years? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you're not winning in that point, and Trubisky doesn't look good at the end of his rookie deal, and they're not signing him to a long-term deal, the GM is probably done. And yeah. so I think for him, it's you got to give Trubisky the entire chance he has to be good because you are tied to how successful he's going to be. Well, what about the fact that the Packers and the, and the Vikings reside in that division? Because the Bears can have a good year and still go 7-9 and nine and give up a top-10 oh, yeah. pick. I mean, I... I mean, I'm obviously probably higher on the Bears than a lot of people, and I didn't pick them to make the playoffs, not just because of the division, the conference as a whole. You're looking at how can you take the Bears over either the Packers and Vikings, one of which will win the division, one of which will be a wildcard team, and the Saints and Falcons. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just reasonably pick them unless an injury happens to one of those teams. Um, they I don't need, they need to, is... they need to get in via the division to almost pick them. Like, they need to, like, just beat the Packers and Vikings straight up, which is hard, the you hardest know, I part. Think that, I think they match up well against the Vikings. I really do. Because I think the Vikings' offensive line is a little bit concerning to me. Um, I think we talked about this last time I was on the podcast. I don't think it's crazy to think that the Vikings will have a worse year at quarterback than they did last year. And that doesn't mean Kirk, Kirk, Kirk Cousins is worse than Case Keenum. It just means Case Keenum had an incredible season. At one point, he was getting the MVP buzz. And I don't think Case Keenum would have been able to do that again, but I don't think Kirk Cousins can do that either. No, that's fair. <laughs> it's funny. It's like, remember when Case Keenum had MVP buzz? And it's not wrong. Like, he he played like a top-10 quarterback last year. You know, the other thing, too, and we'll get to the season predictions in a minute, but I had people blowing up in my mentions. They're like, oh, look at this clown picking this and this. It's like, look, dude, last year nobody had the Jaguars winning X game or 10 games. No one had the Rams winning 11 games and stealing that division. You know, no one had the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. Get all, like, like weird stuff can happen in the NFL and it's asinine to just predict what might happen this year based on what happened last year. And I get it. Like, if you like a team, like somebody DM me was like, you've lost, I'm going to read the DM on the, on the podcast. I opened up my DMs to answer fantasy questions. Do you have open DMs? I opened them to answer fantasy questions yeah. and it's actually been rather enjoyable. I've been surprised by it. <laughs> uh, he said, this is Buffalo Rick 
at Rick B fifty seven. Tweet him if you want. Uh you are on crack if you think the Bills are going two <laughs> two and fourteen and finishing last. They will be at least two and two week four. Like, all right, all right, Rick. Like, I get it. He I, knows. He's got the crystal ball. You don't. I mean, like, they're okay. You're right, Rick. They're going to beat the Chargers at home and then beat the Ravens or the the Vikings or the the Packers on the road. I mean, yeah, that's that's that. You're right. That's probably the more likely situation, Rick. What am I thinking? I kind of think you definitely know season predictions go a little bit more on the bold edge, yeah, and sure. I think that like. I think there's like a nice happy medium between us because my problem every year is that I largely, when I first just go through before tweaking it, I feel like I'm like, oh my God, I picked almost the exact same thing as what happened last year. And like, I'm just like so wary of trusting these up and coming teams. Like I think everyone is predicting like the 49ers, which I think all of us actually didn't pick the 49ers. Mm. I think none of us here at CBS Sports picked the 49ers to make the playoffs, Um which is interesting because they're kind of like the sexy playoff sleeper. Well, let's just dive into that because I don't want to spend – it's like Wednesday's podcast. People are – I don't think people want to eat more Khalil Mack talk. Or yeah, I, I think everyone knows how they feel about Khalil Mack. Yeah, they like the trade. Everybody likes the trade. It's a good trade. I mean, look, even if they give up, like I said, a top 10 pick and a top 15 pick, what – like best case scenario, it's Khalil Mack. And yeah, well, I mean, like one last thing to wrap it up is that – Maybe it's a bad trade. Like maybe the Raiders hit on both the picks and maybe the Bears suck in their top five picks and then like it's a bad trade. Um, but like my whole, as a fan, like my whole angle is that sports are supposed to be fun and like it was really fun to get Khalil Mack and it's going to be fun to watch him and like no one knows how this is going to work out. I'm going to enjoy the fact that we have Khalil Mack who's 27 years old, by the way. Trading it's not a, like you're no, trading a 27 year old former of trading a 27 year old defensive end who might be the second or third best defensive lineman of the league who won a defensive player of the year award on his rookie contract is just bad business in the NFL. Like it's not supposed to happen. The league is designed to make sure this doesn't happen with the franchise tags. It's a player like this is not allowed to hit free agency or move. That's right. The owners, the owners like rigged this system to make sure that this guy couldn't switch teams and John Gruden sent it back in anyway. All right. And the, uh, no. sorry. No, I guess one more note. The, 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 the kind of funny part to me is that the last time someone got traded for two first rounders was Jay Cutler, obviously going from the mm, Broncos maybe. to the Bears. So the Bears have now done it twice. And the first game of the Cutler era was in Green Bay and he threw four interceptions. And the first Khalil Mack game will be in Green Bay on Sunday night football as well. So well, kind of nice symmetry there. Yes. Hopefully the Khalil Mack. Era ends better than the Jay Cutler era. And with Hopefully he doesn't throw four interceptions. And with fewer, uh, fewer, uh, what do you call them? Uh, what do you write? What do you write? Obituaries from you on CBSSports.com. <laughs> uh, an ode to Jay Cutler. All right. So let's dive into our season predictions and we will get them out of the way. These are our group season predictions. You and I have not seen the full list, right? I don't actually you know what? I think it actually might have gone out today. Oh, it did? Did it go out? I, I mean, think my after full you asked list, me, I looked. My full list went out. I don't think that they're... Yeah, yeah, they're they're up there. I got it. Go to the homepage. Okay, I got it right here. Oh, right, so that's what it is. Right. EK, our boss, Eric, was complaining. He's like, you really like to let everybody see the sausage, don't you? He's like, yeah, I, I sort of do. Um, I just let people see the sausage about seeing the sausage. Uh, anyway, yeah, Jared Dubin wrote, oh, breaches are going out tomorrow with MVPs yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. So Jared Dubin did our season predictions and we do these as a group um clean sweep for
for the Patriots in the AFC East, to no one's surprise, Pete Prisco is the only one with the Dolphins second. I kind of like it. No, I, I got the Dolphins in second. Oh, you gotta, man. I'm man. on the far right. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You and Pete are the only ones with the Dolphins. Um, Pete's got the Bills third. Just, I mean, <laughs> come on, man. Let this Josh <laughs> Allen thing go, Pete. I think that guy who DM'd you was actually Pete's burner account. <laughs> That's right. I like the Jets in that spot. I... And the only one with the Ravens winning the division. I'm the only one with not the Steelers winning the division. And I am also the only one with the Steelers finishing in third. What do you think about that hot take? This is like, this is what I'm saying. Like, I feel like sometimes you do go a little bit too far in your boldness. <laughs> I respect you picking new teams, but I mean, if Ben Roethlisberger gets hurt, sure. That's, that's the only way, right? No, what, what do you see in Baltimore that they don't have Jimmy Smith for four games? So they don't, they don't, their schedule's not hard. So? So who cares? They're deep at quarterback. It's just a good quarterback. They're deep I don't at, know. I don't, I don't see it. I mean, I, I have the Bengals in second. So like, I'm pretty low. I think it's just me being anti-Flacco. And this is all because a Baltimore blog got really mad at me once for including one line in like a 3,000 word article about I'm Flacco. Not, so. I'm not worried about Jimmy Smith. They got Brandon Carr, Marlon Humphrey, and Tavon Young, plus Eric Weddle and Tony Jefferson in the secondary. They'll be fine for four games. They can try Are you not it. worried about their offense? I think I, the defense is the least concerning. I'll say that. I think the defense would be very good. I'm not, they get the Bills the, the first week. Um, I'm not worried about the, I, I mean, am I worried about the offense in the sense of like, I don't think they're going to be like the greatest show on turf, but I think Joe Flacco will be healthy and he's got guys who fit his skill set much better. Michael Crabtree is a great possession receiver, underrated at this point. John Brown has looked healthy. I think he's going to get two deep balls from Joe Flacco in week one. We'll get to maybe some sleeper action in a second as it relates to John Brown. Um, they got a good offensive line. Alex Collins has got no buzz this offseason. I didn't draft Alex Collins anywhere because just where I was drafting, he didn't fall. But I wish I had. I love Alex Collins. I think he's going to have a really good year. And I, I, I don't know. Look, the Steelers' defense stinks. Stinks. It's stunk. I, I, I'm aware. Have you seen their offense? Le'Veon Bell's not going to reporting. He's gonna miss one week. He's not gonna miss. He's not sitting out the year. I bet you he reports tomorrow or today if you're listening today. He'll probably report on Wednesday and that's fine. He's gonna miss one game or play and not do well and, you know, have a limited workload. I'm not worried about the Steelers. I'm, I don't think they're gonna go to the Super Bowl. Like, but. Their defense, look, that, okay. If their defense hadn't been, they hadn't had Ryan Shazier last year, which they don't this year, their, that offense was wildly inconsistent. It didn't score points regularly. It didn't bail them out of games. It put them in bad situations. The defense saved them for half the year, and Ben didn't start. Ben Roethlisberger didn't start playing well until after Shazier got hurt. If they if they'd had that season that they had last year, this year, they would have been an eight and eighteen, and they would have missed the playoffs. And people would be like, "Oh, Prince is a genius. Oh, Prince is so smart." Now that might not happen, and I'll probably get blasted by Steelers fans, and that's fine. But I just think that the Steelers are overrated at this point. I like what the I think the Bengals are maybe the most balanced it's, team in the division. Yeah, I mean, I was talking about the offensive or defensive line last time I was on, um, and then they went out and they resigned um, Geno Atkins, um, Carlos Vol- Dunlap. Yeah, yeah, it was like the next day. I mean, I have the Bengals in second because I kind of think that defense is going to be good. Um, and I think if you look, they're pretty much getting an extra first round pick in John Ross because John Ross. Pretty much didn't play last year. Like this is pretty much his rookie season. You and, and I had the same top ten pick. You and I had the same number of catches as John Ross last year. <laughs> um, but he had one more fumble. Um, one more rush and one more fumble. That's right. No, no. I he, will say yeah. about the Steelers. 
you know, annually they tend to punt one game on the road to an inferior team. Would not shock me if the Browns beat the Steelers week one. No Le'Veon. I don't think the Browns are horrible, um, obviously anymore. Like they have an actual quarterback. Like it wouldn't shock me if week one is that Steelers annual. We're just going to go and crap all over the field. And the Browns, you know, that hype kind of reaches. It'll be like the pinnacle of their season. I'm picking the, uh, I'm actually picking the Browns to win week one. I'm just full of. <laughs> of course you are. Well, you just said it wouldn't shock you. What do you mean? It wouldn't shock me, but I'm not picking it. I mean, you got to pick somebody. They're only four point favorites. Uh, everybody's got the Browns in last in that division. I almost, the weird thing is I'm usually really low on the Bengals and Honestly, like I always talk about how overrated the preseason is. I'm usually, but I think I, mean, I watched a lot of Bengals games in this preseason, and I was kind of impressed. I know I'm usually really low in the Ravens, and I don't, I don't know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, AFC South. <laughs> uh, actually, surprisingly, more people have not picked the Jaguars than people who did pick the Jaguars. Three folks: Ryan Wilson, John Breach, and Jared Dubin. This is the kiss of death. Have picked the Texans to win the division. Pete Briscoe, Jason Lock, and Fora. And Sean Wagner had picked the Jaguars, and yours truly is rolling with the Titans. I don't, I don't, I don't dislike the Titans thing. I flirted for a little bit. I think the top three teams, the Texans, Jaguars, and Titans, it wouldn't surprise me if that, you know, you could rearrange it either way. I, I'm really not certain about any three that, like, I don't know what the offense in Tennessee is going to be. I just have no idea. I don't know what Blake Bortles is going to be. And I think you guys were talking about it on the pod, um, yesterday. Um, about how I think the Jaguars defense is going to be good, but it's going to regress because they're just not going to get those turnovers that they got a year ago. Somebody, and then, oh, so go ahead. Sorry. sorry, how healthy is JJ Watt and Deshaun Watson? Like, mm-hmm. we just have no idea. And like, if they're both healthy, I think the Texans can win the division, but like, also realistically, they're probably not going to be, you know, at full speed anymore. Isn't it amazing how last year at this time, the Jaguars over under were six and a half wins. They were definitely the worst team in this division. Like they were considered the worst team in the AFC South. And now it's like, like somebody on Twitter said, Oh, you picked the Jaguars to go eight and eight. How cute. <laughs> it's like, it's not cute. Vegas set the over under for not at nine. What did they win last year? 10? Yeah. Yeah. It's not like they were a 13 win team. Right. And Pete's like, well, it doesn't count because they lost to the Titans and nobody cared. They, about the they Titans. knew ahead of time. So they didn't try. Yeah. He's like, and they schemed against him in the four yeah, was like, it's like, yeah, that's what NFL teams do is they scheme against other NFL teams. Like you can't let them off the hook for that one. Um, I, I, I look, I've been on the Titans for a while. I am going to, um, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm just not going to walk away from it. I, I don't, I don't hate the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars, I think it's sort of a variance play. Like, I think there's a pretty good chance the Jaguars win the division. And they're the best team in the division, and they're the best defense in the NFL. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they were really good this year and won 13 games. Uh, but I believe in the Titans, and I'm not going to – this is what I was trying to explain to somebody uh, over email that was, like, long, like sent me a rude email. Wow, like, you replied to just rude emails? I said, thank you for thank you for reading. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but the – the game of football is played with an oblong-shaped leather ball that bounces in funky directions, and sometimes weird things happen. Also, I'm wrong a lot, and I'll be wrong a lot more. <laughs> uh, thanks for the click. Hope you, hope you enjoy the season. And he actually on, on on that note, who were your Super Bowl picks a year ago? The Cardinals and the Chargers. There we go. Right, right, that's right, right. Um, he actually replied back and was like, "Wow, that was thank you for that reply. I'm sorry for being a jerk." I was like, "No, nah, don't worry about it. I've done that. I've, I've done that a million times where I didn't like somebody's opinion, and I blasted him, and I felt like an a hole afterwards." Uh, but look, like the, 
I think I'm not going to back off my belief on the Titans being good and picking the Jaguars just because the Jaguars are the status quo. Like, yeah. that's, you know what I mean? No, and I think with all three teams, there are very legitimate concerns. It's like by you picking the Titans, you are probably assuming having this new offense is going to do wonders for yeah, Mariota, sure. right? So you're projecting that. But there's a very real chance it doesn't work there's out. There's like a 30% chance right. it works out poorly for me and it's in my right. face later. Yeah, of course. But you go to the Jaguars and you say, what if Blake Bortles is just bad again? Which like, probably a better than 30% chance he is just a bad quarterback. Or like, and, and I'm not trying to predict injuries, but like what happens if Andrew Norwell gets hurt and Calais Campbell gets hurt and all of a sudden the Jaguars can't stop the run and they can't run the ball. Then they're just a team with two cornerbacks and a terrible no quarterback. Receiver. Yeah. They have no receivers. That's the other thing, too, is who is Bortles throwing the ball to? And you know, by the way, that's going to be Prisco's excuse, right, when Bortles is playing bad is, who's he throwing to? Yeah. You know what it, I mean, that's exactly what he's going to yell. Wilson had a great point of the podcast on Tuesday. He's, just, he's like, why Prisco used to bash David Garrard all the time. Why is he on Blake Bortles' sack? Can I, can I have – my theory is that – he has always kind of felt this way, but he's just like more vocal now that so many people are anti Bortles. Like I kind of feel like he feels it's his like responsibility. He was to, like, like he was like this him because we are all trying to burn him at the stake. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think that's what it is. And, and he's and he's and Pete's not wrong. Like he and I talked about this in the podcast. When Bortles is playing a game on TV and Bortles does something dumb, we have a it, we it's a it's a dog pile on I mean, Twitter. look, I rooted for Jay Cutler. Like, I get, it was the same thing with him. Like, I get it. Like, I, look, I, I root for Philip Rivers. Fun of him. Yeah, like, Philip Rivers, people go, people lose their minds when Rivers is making a dumb face because the well, Chargers are <laughs> crapping their pants on the sidelines. I mean, like, I, I get it. I was gonna say that. It's because of the faces he makes. Well, same thing with Cutler. He's like, ooh. But I mean, Bortles is like, like, throws a pass into like his foot and he's like, like I mean like it's just easy to pile on and I get it. I mean we're we're bad about that in, in society in general, just in terms of finding guys that we're gonna pile on and then and I that's what he talks about with the Twitter police. He's not wrong about that. But like he he's like everybody in Jacksonville, the front office and the coaching staff is laughing at you. He's like, well that's fine. Of course they are. That he's their quarterback. Like, yeah, no, no, they're, they're not going to admit that he's not good. Yeah, but like, but like, are they that delusional that they think they're like, ah, oh, the guy's thinks we need a different quarterback other than Blake Bortles? It's like you do, you do need another quarterback. That would be an upgrade for you because if you don't, like, there are just there's Damashek, Dave Damashek always talks about Jenga pieces. Well, there's one or two Jenga pieces on this Jaguars team. Where like if you pull out Calais Campbell or Yannick Ngakwe or even Jalen Ramsey, all of a sudden some stuff can start to trickle down and crumble, and that's where things can go south for them. So I, I don't my know. my concern with them is I just feel like I could see them losing the bad teams over the course of the year because if they just get behind, if you know if a pick six happens, there's a punt return for a touchdown, and suddenly they're in a game script that is you've got to throw it, and the defense knows you're throwing it. I have no faith that Bortles can do that. Here, here, here's here's the other thing too, Sean. Is like when we look at schedules before the season, we say, okay, the Jaguars are better than the Giants, and I'm willing to certainly concede that. That's no brainer, yeah. right? I mean, so they should win in New York. They're not definitely going to win that game. They're de- they're not going to definitely win in Week Two against the Patriots. And we might have gone over this last night, but definitely, not, I don't think they will win in Week Two against the Patriots. They're not definitely going to beat the Titans at home in Week Three. No, 
I think they'll probably beat the Jets at home in week four, but if they're one and three somehow, or is that, yes, if they're one and three going into a back to back road games against the Chiefs and Cowboys, I mean, one and five is on the table. Like that's, I mean, that's just, you know, they could, they could be end up being three and three at that point. They could be two. I mean, nothing is guaranteed at that point. So I just think it's, it's way too easy to just look at their schedule and be like, well, they're going to like, they're going to win these games. They're going to win these games in, in, in June and, and even, you know, leading into it. And then all of a sudden, like the Jaguars are one and three and we're trying to figure out what the hell is happening. So I, I don't know. That's yeah. Yeah. That's, and, and in fairness to the Jags, like, like we were saying, all these teams in this division have flaws. So what I mean, like they could win the division because Deshaun Watson might not be able to do what he did in that five game stretch last year or JJ Watt just might be done. You know what I mean? So like the Jaguars can, like you're saying, they could very well kill the division. How? Um, well, but they have a very, you know, they have a very noticeable flaw that will matter at some point in the year. How? Yes, the Blake Bortles. Uh, this is a Blake Bortles podcast, an anti-Blake Bortles podcast. <laughs> um, how? I am shocked that there's one person, Jason Lockenfora, picking the Raiders to finish third in the division. <laughs> is there anybody out there nationally who's going to project the Raiders to make the playoffs? No, I kind of feel like Jason probably put this together before the Khalil Mack trade, maybe, and like he just didn't he hates, look at he, it or something. He, he hates the Broncos. I don't actually like the Broncos this year. Like for me, I see these teams finishing like five and eleven, six and ten. You know what I mean? Like so, like I won't be shocked if the Raiders finish in third and they're six and ten. Um, I, I mean, I don't like the Broncos because I don't like Case Keenum. Like I think what he did last year was amazing, and it's like, I think when we look back on Case Keenum's career, that will be that one year, kind of like that Nick Foles twenty-seven touchdown two pick year that we used to look at before his Super Bowl run. It's like, how the heck did that happen? I think that's how we're gonna look back. On that case, Kenham year, because let's, let's face it, like his receivers he were throwing to, he was throwing to in Minnesota. I don't think he has that in Denver. And that's on a slight on Demarius Thomas or Emmanuel Sanders, two guys I actually like a lot. But what Diggs was doing last year and Thielen was doing last year, I think if you actually go back and watch his throws, I don't know if they were like incredible and accurate throws. I think he was getting helped out by his receivers. And his mobility. And now he's in a new system. We'll see how that works out. I'm with you. Uh, NFC East. Eagles, Eagles for Lock and Four and Prisco. Eagles for Dubin. Eagles for Sean. Breach has the Cowboys winning the division. <laughs> I would laugh at it, but I've got the Redskins winning and Wilson has the Giants. So, uh, any which way. Wait a minute. He does have the Giants. He does have the Giants. Absolutely has the Giants. Has the Redskins <laughs> finishing dead last. He's been, he said on this podcast, is he, is, is Wilson more drunk than I, like, drunk more often than I think? Cause he definitely was like, Alex, does he, did, what if he names Alex Smith MVP and he has a Redskins last? <laughs> that would be incredible. Last year he did pick Jay Cutler for a comeback player of the year, so. Oh my God. What a terrible pick that is. Um, any, I don't know, anything. I, this division to me is wide open. I, I actually. Well, so, so when I was actually looking at it, I didn't want to pick the Eagles. Not that I don't think they're good. I just think these injuries are like a legitimate thing. Like we don't know when Wentz A will be back. And B, he's not even cleared for contact. So when is he actually going to be good and at his full self? Like that, that, that might not happen until December. Yeah. Um, so like, and you have, why am I blanking on names? Left tackle, obviously Jason Peters coming yeah. off a torn ACL. You have Sproles hurt. Um, you've had Aguilar dealing with injury. You have Alshon out at least two weeks. Mm-hmm. So like I was going, I was like, I'm not picking the Eagles, but then I just went through every other team and I just couldn't necessarily, I think the Eagles are deep enough. To at least go nine and seven, ten and six, and I think that wins the division. It's hard to find somebody to really like. I, yeah. I, I I've been banging this Redskins thing the whole summer, 
I don't love it. I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I don't. I mean, I got I got them in second, so like, I don't, I think there's a chance. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, but like RJ had a good point. He's like, if uh, if if a running back affects your pick that much, a rookie running back going down for the year, maybe you shouldn't have that pick. I mean, that's sort of how I feel about it. Uh, NFC North. We've all got the Packers, except you and Lock and Four have the Vikings. I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. Not one bit. I think that there's the better team, and like obviously you can't discount how much more quarterback means. Than you think, any you, other think position. The pa- you think the Vikings are a better team? Oh yeah, from I think the Vikings from uh, I don't know their offensive line have had some injuries this this I, before the preseason and training camp. I was saying that I thought the Vikings had the deepest roster, top to bottom. In the NFL. And I think their offensive line right now is kind of concerning me. That's why I think the Bears match up pretty well with them in divisional games. Um, I just, I just love that. I love that defense so much. Like watching that defense is so much fun. Um, and I think the Packers, I don't, like I think you've seen they've had their struggles offensively even with, even with Rodgers. Like I feel like every year we have these big think pieces coming up about like what is wrong with Mike McCarthy's isolation routes and all this. And then Rodgers goes on some run, and they'll go ten and six, and I don't doubt that. Um, I just I wanted to pick the better team. Like I think it's conceivable Kirk Cousins gets hurt for three games, and the Vikings go two and one in that stretch or something. Um, where it's like if Rodgers goes down, the Packers are done. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Vikings could win without with Trevor Simeon. I mean, they won with Case Keenum last year. Right. Uh, I've got the Saints winning the NFC South. This is not a typo. And the, um, but of course I've, as I've written before and said on here, I have the Falcons winning the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know why I did that. This is gut feeling. You have the Saints winning as well. And... I have the Saints winning the Super Bowl for the record. Oh, that will come out go. tomorrow. I, I like it. I, that's a good pick. I, I have no problem with the Saints winning the Super Bowl. You also have the Falcons making it as a wild card. So does Jared Dubin. Pete Prisco has the Falcons winning and John Breach has the Falcons winning. So I think. And then Breach has, uh, the Saints as a wild card and so does Pete Prisco. So we all agree that the Falcons and Saints are both going to make the playoffs. Lock and Fora has the Panthers in there. Um, I don't know. I think it's going to be, I, I, I like Carolina this year. I just don't, the offensive line I, is a concern. Yeah. I, th- I think like, like much like with how I felt about Chicago, I feel the same way about Carolina. I don't think they're a bad team. Like I think they're going to be in the mix. I just don't know how I can take them over. Um, the two teams in the north and the two teams above them in the south. Yeah, that's you know, I don't. I don't feel bad about Carolina. I think they're going to be a good team. I just the NFC is so good, and the NFC uh, South is so so deep. Right. The Buccaneers are going to do something. There's no way that everybody's right on the Buccaneers. You know me. You know, I feel like every time I come on here, I trash the Buccaneers. You hate. Um, I mean, even if Jameis was not suspended, I would be. I would be picking them in last. Me too. Uh, NFC West, I don't, I, I must have spent too much time with RJ. This, who's is, all, this is the big one. This is the big one, right? Seahawks! I want to know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, I don't know. I think I was on medicine or something. Um, here's the deal. I don't, I don't, look, I think that the Rams are the best team overall. Something doesn't feel right. Something's <laughs> off. It's too obvious. The Seahawks. The kind of hardcore logic reasoning I wanted. It's, it's too, first of all, it's too obvious. Second of all, uh, as I pointed out on the podcast of Mina Kimes, you know, when at the owners meetings, no one's paying attention to Pete Carroll. No one cares about Pete Carroll. They're only talking about Sean McVay, genius Sean McVay and genius Kyle Shanahan. Pete Carroll's got a chip on his shoulder. Their defense is better than people think. Their offensive line is going to be better. 
if Doug Baldwin's got to stay healthy or else that it might be a problem. They don't have a ton of receiving options. I think they'll be able to run the ball though with Chris Carson and Rashad Penny if they're healthy. And they, I think Russell Wilson's going to win MVP this year. I mean, I'll say this and like this is the one thing I can think of that doesn't make this like a horrible pick is you pick the team with the best quarterback in the division. Exactly. And like, as exactly. we're saying, like quarterback is the most important position, obviously in that I could see Russell Wilson winning MVP too. Like it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me if obviously Gurley doesn't have quite the season he had. Uh, what if Andrew Whitworth getting your older, um, isn't as good and Jared Goff as a result? Like I feel like he was horrible under pressure his rookie year. And obviously that was in a middle age offense. So like, who knows? Um, no, it wouldn't shock me. I'm just glad none of us picked the 49ers to be honest. Cause that, that has kind of like irked me in this entire offseason about like everyone. I think everybody they beat five bad teams at the end of the year and Jimmy Garoppolo threw seven touchdowns in five games that everyone was like, this is the team that is challenging the Rams. And like, I really think like the Seahawks are the clear second best team still just because they have Russell Wilson. I think everybody's off that now. Maybe. I don't know. But feels- is it the Jarek McKinnon ACL? Like, I don't know. I just feel like the, the, like the general hype of the 49ers peaked in draft season and this kind of cool down sense is like, or maybe I think it peaked when they signed. Yeah. Maybe draft season. Who did they, did they have a good draft? They had a good draft, right? I can't, I can't remember anything now. Okay. <laughs> Who do they oh, they, they draft Mike McGlinchey. They draft Mike McGlinchey. <laughs> yes. Well, they drafted an offensive line. I actually, why. I actually think it peaked when they signed Richard Sherman. That and was, no, I mean, and they also another big thing for them is they got Ruben Foster um, cleared. Which sure. I, what he's, is he suspended for two games? I, th- I think so. Am I am I wrong yes, there? Yes, that is correct. I like yeah. Um, I, I don't. I will th- say this. Oh, go ahead. I don't think. I don't, I don't think against right. the Vikings. So I think that like. That will be not like we should overreact to a week. If they get blown out, that doesn't mean the 49ers are going to stink. Uh, but I think that will be a little bit revealing because Garoppolo has not played a good team since he's been in there and they're going to go in to Minnesota, I believe. Uh, I think they're going to get completely walloped, but, um, I mean, we'll find if, if they win that game, As then like I. you got to take them seriously. I think, uh, yeah, if they win that game, it's everybody's on notice. Here come the 49ers. If they, I think they're getting walloped too. And when they get walloped, um, it's like, oh, 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 maybe we should have slowed our roll on, on Jimmy G. All right. Uh, last little bit on predictions here. Why, uh, we're not going to do the wild card. Super Bowl picks. Lock and Forest. Saints, Steelers, Prisco, Packers, Jaguars, Wilson, Packers, Steelers, Breach, Packers, Steelers, Dubin, Packers, Patriots. Get a life, people. Wagner, Saints, Patriots, and Brinson, Falcons, Chiefs. I got a, the Chiefs pick, I think, is the boldest pick. Out of any of that. Like, you're picking a rookie quarterback, essentially. You're picking a horrible defense, which Wait, means that co- rookie quarterback has to be good. It's horrible based on what we see in the preseason. I'm not that worried about it. What Last year. I mean, no. last year counts. No, no, it doesn't. Last year didn't count at all. Well, I mean, when we're making predictions, sure it does. I mean, who, did they, who did they add on defense that I'm missing that is that is going to change their defense. I mean, they're trading for a Dallas undrafted free agent a week ago to add, <laughs> and, and he makes the team. Like, I, I, like, I don't know. They signed like, Anthony Hitchens. Thank you very much. Um, they, <laughs> Did like, they sign Skandrick? Am I, is that them? I think it was the Redskins that signed Skandrick. No, no, the Chiefs signed Skandrick. Yeah, that's right. Uh, no, they're getting Eric Berry back. They traded for Kendall Fuller. Oh, you're right. I do like Kendall Fuller a lot. I put him on my top 25 under 25 and, did not include Deshaun Watson. But yeah, they got D. Ford and Justin Houston to rush the pass. Chris passing. Jones is a good player. Chris Jones is a good player. I think the defense can be better than people think. 
That, they have look, Andy Reid too. So they, like, right, exactly. Which they, works in your favor, but also works against you because you're expecting the Chiefs to win two or three playoff games. But but I'm not picking to win at all. That's the key. You know, you can't pick Andy Reid to win at all. All right, let's talk about some guys. Uh, do you want to talk about your Super Bowl pick? I feel like it's it's a good no, one. No, I mean, so, I mean, I I went against my rule to pick the Patriots every single year to win it, and the reason I always do that is because I always feel really dumb when the Patriots do win it, and I didn't pick them. Uh, but I I did pick the Patriots to go to the Super Bowl. Um, the Patriots lack of receivers, honestly. And I know that, like, we say this something like every offseason, like, who is Tom Brady going to throw the ball to? And, like, it, it doesn't matter. Um, I just think the Saints are the most well-balanced team. Like, they don't have a better defense than the Vikings or Jaguars. Um, but their defense is good enough. And if Davenport ends up being, you know, an eight-sack guy and you have that opposite Cameron Jordan, um, I think, you know, I think you're adding a, a first round pick to that defense that was already pretty good. And then I think they don't rely on Drew Brees because they have Kamara and Ingram. And, but they have Drew Brees in their back pocket. And so I think, I think if they can win the division and get home field in that dome, I don't think anyone's beating them in that dome. Are you in Slack? I just dropped. So if you Google Super Bowl picks, Dubin's post pops up, the post that we've been talking about on this podcast. And the promo pick on Google Images is like <laughs> Dubin, Dubin's headshot. So if you're listening, Google Super Bowl picks, and it's just like, it's like, <laughs> just half of Dubin's headshot, dude. It's like, like half, of, like half of this like big burly bald guy. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway, let's talk about some guys we like in Week One. God, Week One is almost here, Sean. Are you excited for football? You know I am, and I was happy I came on this podcast because this is probably the happiest I'll be all year because this is like the time of year you believe your team can actually do well, and then the Bears will get stomped by the Packers on Sunday Night Football, and I won't be happy anymore. So this is peak optimistic, Sean. Well, the other nice thing about this time of year, Sean, is that after these games start happening, you can go back and watch them on NFL Game Pass, and you know as well as I do that NFL Game Pass is absolutely essential to what we do for a living. You cannot... I repeat, cannot do what we do without NFL Game Pass. I mean, how many games a week do you go back and watch on condensed version on Game Pass? Five, ten? Um, minimum three. Yeah, uh, exactly. Sometimes more. Yeah. But you can bang out a, you can bang a game in 30 minutes, 45 minutes. You can go back and check it out. Of course, they have the All-22. If you want to see how Khalil Mack looks from the sky when he's shredding Aaron Rodgers and breaking his face in half for the Bears defense. Um, or, you know, if you want to see what – uh what Mitchell Trubisky looks like when he's throwing passes at uh, Allen Robinson's feet, you can check that out on the All-22 as well. NFL Game Pass has all the action. You can't watch live out-of-market games, but you can watch games as soon as they end. There's a window after the after the 1 o'clock and the 4 o'clock so you can fire them up. You can replay it immediately. I cannot recommend, if you like football enough to listen to a daily NFL podcast, you should have NFL Game Pass, and you can get a seven-day free trial by signing up right now at NFL.com backslash pick six. That's NFL.com backslash pick six for a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass, a must-have for any NFL fan. Uh, game on, Sean. I don't know why game on is in the ad copy, but I like saying it in a, it, it makes me. I um, thought you were just, I thought you added that part. No, no, that's in the ad copy. I can't say that with a straight face. It's fine though. Um, I probably shouldn't make fun of the ad copy immediately after reading the ad. No, well, I was going to say, NFL Game Pass legit, like, we could not do our jobs yeah. without it. Like, if you want, because we can't, you can't watch every game at once on Sunday. And so, right. like, if I want to write an article, a deep dive on a quarterback who played well, like, I have to go back and watch it from the All-22. 
And That's I, the only way. It's possible. I end up, what I end up doing is I get lost on like I'll, I'll be like, oh, I'm gonna go watch this and then this and this and this, and I'll end up spending 45 minutes watching Christian McCaffrey, like how the Panthers utilize Christian McCaffrey, and then all of a sudden I have to sprint out to go pick up my son at preschool, and I'm like, but it's fun. I mean, that, that happens to me all the time. And then, yeah. Well, yeah. then you have your 2,000 word article on how they're using Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, and then Mike Shula stops doing it, and, and <laughs> then I look like an idiot. All right, so some guys that we like in Week One, we're going to run through various positions. I will. Attempt to bring up the uh, DF, DFS uh, prices. Do you like uh, – who should we use here? We're not being sponsored by either one, so uh, DraftKings or FanDuel. What's your, what's your – um... You pick. I, I'm not a daily – I'm not a daily guy. You're not a daily guy? Wow, you need to step it up for this podcast. We're going to have to do a <laughs> podcast daily league. I know draft – I like draft too. Uh, of course, draft is not price-based, so that's a little bit different. Uh, let's get to it. Why don't you give me your first guy? Go to the quarterback position, and I'll tell you how much he costs, and I'll tell you some guys I like as well. I like Stafford against the Jets. And I think if you're not going to go big on one of the top-tier quarterbacks, I think, to me, it was like, like I just had a 10-team draft um, a couple days ago. And, like, I ended up with, like, Mahomes, because by the end of the draft, I was kind of drunk, and, like, I just, I like Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> and I was looking at the matchup, I was like, he's playing the Chargers. Like, I'm not playing, throwing him in week one against the Chargers. And Matthew Stafford is sitting there in waivers. I think he was like the seventh-ranked quarterback in standard leagues last year. He's going against a bad Jets team that is probably going to turn the ball over. He's going to have a lot of short fields to work with. Um, I think he's like the most underappreciated fantasy guy. I'm not like a diehard Stafford real-life fan. Like, I think he has some serious flaws. But with that volume against a team like the Jets, like, I think they could hang 30 on them. That's a good pick. I don't mind that one. Um Stafford's not included in the DraftKings D, uh, GPP thing because he's playing on Monday night. That's, but that's fine. I, I think Stafford's a good pick in, in fantasy. If you are, um, if if you're somebody who has drafted, I don't know, let's say uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is your quarterback and he's going to Minnesota, you don't want to start Jimmy Garoppolo. Don't do it. If Matthew Stafford's out there, do like Sean to go pick him up. For me, the two guys. I get that you're not starting Mahomes. I'm starting Mahomes if I own him this week. I don't care. I'm starting him. I think Mahomes is going to have a big week. I think Andy Reid's going to cut him loose. I, I I love the Chargers. Um, I just think Andy. Oh well, yeah. I do. I love we the know. Chargers. We know. We know that. Yeah. Right, but I didn't even pick the Chargers to win the division. I think Andy Reid is. I think the Chiefs will win this game, and I think that they will go up top on the Chargers uh, with frequency and alacrity because they're just a better team. Like I, I just think that you're going to see them. Score some points against the Chargers. Mahomes only six thousand dollars on uh, on DraftKings, and then the other guy. I mean, this is going to be if I'm building a, a, a fantasy like a a, um, a a tournament team. This guy, I'm going to have some kind of stack with Andy Dalton, who's going up against the Colts in Indianapolis. Crud secondary for for the Colts. We don't think they're going to have any pass rush. Improved offensive line for the Bengals. We talked about how much we like them. Only fifty eight hundred bucks. Uh, he is $200 more than Blake Bortles, $200 more than Alex Smith. He's $300 more than Jameis Winston, who's suspended. That's pretty good value. Uh, <laughs> the only other starting guys below him, Dak Prescott, Tyler Taylor, Ryan Tannehill, Sam Bradford. I don't mind Sam Bradford as a cheap 5200 uh, price tag there. I don't mind Tyrod, actually, Like if, especially if it turns into a shootout. Like We were talking about the Steelers aren't that that's good right. defensively. 5400 And there could be a lot of quick possessions in that game. Yep, that's right. I'm with you there. Any other quarterbacks you got or you want to go to a running back? Let, let's go to running backs. All right. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go super obvious, um, but I think he'd be worth whatever the price is because I think David Johnson is going to destroy the Redskins. And I think if you're looking – I'm looking at it right now. I think the Redskins against fantasy running backs last year were 30th 
And I kind of think David Johnson has kind of been like forgotten. I mean, I get he's getting going in like the top five in drafts, but like this was a guy a year ago we were talking about might become the third player ever to go for a thousand yards receiving and rushing in this in the same season. And like I think that is on the table again. Like I kind of think because we've had so many good young running backs coming in the league that we've kind of forgotten about David Johnson. I think he's talked about that too. He feels forgotten. I think if he's healthy, he's going to be the top ranked running back. Um, so I would pay whatever it costs, get him against a bad Redskins uh, run defense. And you know what? Sam Bradford likes to throw short. He's going to catch a lot of passes too. 8,800 bucks on DraftKings for David Johnson. He's the most expensive running back, not named Le'Veon Bell, which means he'll be widely owned because people won't be on Le'Veon Bell, presumably if Le'Veon Bell is not playing. Um, one name to think about if, with the Le'Veon Bell thing, if Bell skips this week, James Conner is going to be dirt cheap. You could start him. I'm with you on David Johnson. I think he's a good start. That's where, like, if you go Andy Dalton at quarterback and then get David Johnson, a guy you could pair David Johnson with for your second running back spot on DraftKings, 4500 bucks for Carlos Hyde. Are you kidding me? That's a steal. 4500 bucks. The other people, Ronald Jones is 4900 Deion Lewis, 4900 Latavius, Latavius Murray, 4800 Marlon Mack, 4800 Rashad Penny, 4800 Duke Johnson, 4700 Get out of town. Carlos Hyde's a steal here. No, I, I thought you were going to go the opposite there. I thought you were trying to say that. Um, you can get other guys with that amount. No, you're, cause I was going to say Ronald Jones actually today was third on the Buccaneers depth chart. So I would yeah. at least early season okay. stay away from him as Carl- far as possible. Carlos Hyde is the same price as James Conner. Spitz- no, 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 I'm with you. Carlos Hyde is, away. I think he's going to have a monster year. Yeah, I do too. I like Carlos Hyde this year. I've got David Johnson and Carlos Hyde in my running backs in my, in my main league. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, and then the other name that I like out there, Dalvin Cook at 6,200. I don't think they're going to ease back on Dalvin against the 49ers. I think if they can get up on, on San Francisco, they're going to feed Dalvin because they want to get him confident. They want to give him enough carries where he puts up a big stat line, eases everybody's concerns, and and comes into it and has a big year. So I like Dalvin Cook and Carlos Hyde at running back. Anybody else you got there? No, but I'll add to Dalvin Cook is that they've been, like, not concerned about his knee. Like, yeah. dating back to the spring, you would have um, Spielman coming out, the GM, talking about how like it reminds them of the Adrian Peterson recovery when AP came back and had that 2,000-yard year. So like I don't get the sense like you're saying that they're going to ease him in because they have, since March, I feel like, they have been so almost overconfident about this. Um, so I'm not worried about him at all. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, what about what about wide receivers? Who you like at a wide receiver price? Um, I like Robert Woods um, of the Rams going against the Raiders, who obviously just lost Khalil Mack. Um, I don't think I think the Raiders could have maybe the worst defense in football this year. Um and Robert Woods is like that, you know, that unsexy receiver pick. Like if you have him on your wide receiver team, you're not like excited about. Yeah. Um he catches touchdowns though. Um and I think he's the you best know, receiver think, of the Bills last year. Right. Um I mean the the Rams. I was gonna say right now. Um I, I just think that game I think it's a blowout and I think Maybe, maybe Robert Woods doesn't see it, but I think like points are going to be spread around and I would want Rams receivers. And I think I'd rather have him than Brandon Cooks for the price. Uh, three guys I like. I mentioned I like Patrick Mahomes. I also like Tyreek Hill. They're 6,500. I don't think Tyreek Hill will be heavily owned because people are generally scared of the Chargers and wary of what the Chiefs will do. So I think if you want to pay up for a receiver who has huge boom potential, 
Tyreek Hill is is as boom as they get. So 6,500 is a lot on DraftKings for him, but I don't mind paying it, especially if you go with the, the, if you go with Mahomes at 6,000, the Mahomes Tyreek Hill stack, if they blow out the Chargers and go up top a couple times, that you're winning a lot of cash with that one. And then the two guys that I like who are dirt cheap at the wide receiver position. John Ross, 3,900. Go with the John Ross, Andy Dalton stack. 3,900 is nothing. I mean, you're just filling in a flex spot there or th- second or third wide receiver spot. And then Smokey John Brown at 3,700. Sean, give me that. Let Aunt Joe Flacco throw up top a couple of times against a Bills secondary that's trying to worry about Michael's Crabtree and trying to, you know, the defense is trying to smother Alex Collins. I like the Johns in those situations. I'm not a big John Brown fan. I, I like John Brown, but I just, yes, Flacco is a big arm. I just don't know if he's any good at it. Um, so he's, he scares me a little bit. Um, uh, that's all I would say on that. I would, I would push back on John Brown just in general this year until we start to see it first. That's fine. Uh, another guy, if I think DraftKings is point per reception, Jamison Crowder was only $5,000. Uh, same price as Marquise Lee, basically, who's, who's out for the year. And then Emmanuel Sanders, only $5,000 as well. Two good guys. I think I think people shy away from Manny Sanders because he's been low on boards all offseason and because the Seahawks theoretically have a good secondary. But you could see Emmanuel Sanders having a nice game. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if James Crowder catches 10, like gets 10 targets from Alex Smith. Yeah, I like it. Anybody else you got? You got a defense maybe? I do have a defense. Um, like I, I'm just – I picked Stafford earlier. I guess I'm just all in on the Lions against – um, the Jets. Look, Sam Darnold's making okay. his first start. Um, if if any rookie quarterback is playing, and that's again why I, I'm staying away from Patrick Mahomes. I just don't trust it, and I want defenses going up against him. Um, so I think the Lions against the Jets. Um, I would be running the Lions defense hard. Uh, tight end. I'll throw one out there just because we're doing this. Austin's Ferry Jenkins. The Giants have given up a, like a touchdown to every single. Tight end in NFL for the last five years. So why not go with Austin Safari Jenkins of the Jaguars going to Jacksonville? Um, it's a good matchup. He's 3,200. That's a nice little price to fill it out. I doubt people will be all over him. All right. Anything else you want to add as we head towards week one? We got a little meaty podcast here. That was a good podcast. No, I'll just add Delaney Walker also. Miami, I think last year was 31st against oh, tight ends sorry. and he's Mr. Reliable. Um, so. And I think we'll see uh, Xavier Howard all over Corey Davis. Marcus Marietta Wealth need to go elsewhere. Good pick, Sean. Good podcast. Thanks for doing it, buddy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can... guess... Sorry. Sorry, one final thing. I just want to remind everyone one final time. Khalil Mack plays for the Chicago Bears. <laughs> like, let's just let that sink in. That, if, that happened. And if you forget it, you can find out by checking out Sean on Twitter at Sean J. Wagner. Thanks as always, pal. Yeah, thanks for having me.